Guillermo del Toro? What's the nationality? Yeah. I don't know. Where Spanish, is he from, probably. There's something <laughs> and Martin that the the big, you know, and even Peter Jackson. Yeah, these these big they, bearded guys. Big bearded fantasy guy. Big bearded fantasy guys. You know, they probably they've got bad hearts. <laughs> and they come on now probably have bad knees too but <laughs> for the most part we don't live rated r we don't you know we for the most part yeah i think for the most part we live our really movies we but, watch are so much more raunchy right. we cannot we don't we don't relate to the movies no we, we actually we don't yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't live we don't. rated r this film did not pick a lane in some ways it was too sweet it was too like family it was too fun for like a action adventure all right also some say it, was, it wasn't too, it wasn't sweet enough because Disney called it too incestuous. Sean Connery was a dog. Connery has <laughs> such a unique charm to him. You want to kiss him right now. <laughs> Dude, I can't take it. Hey, welcome back to the Wacky Wonderful Wise Works podcast. All you guys, gals, geeks, and goofballs. Happy Monday morning. It is Monday. Happy Monday morning. Why is everything we release on Monday? I don't know. So people have the it all week? Of, yeah, <laughs> the beginning of the week. And also, even though Sunday's week. technically the beginning of the week. Yeah. Well, people go to church on Sundays, and I'm not trying to compete with all them service live streams on true. YouTube. Very true. <laughs> so what I do, cause if you, if you, um, if you're a, an avid YouTube church watcher, mm. you realize like YouTube will recommend like if you just keep up with like who's pastors online or mm. who who streams their services from churches that you're aware of, mm-hmm. YouTube like you watch one or two just to get an idea of that what the church feels like, and then all of a sudden every Sunday YouTube's like here's a live stream and here's a live stream and here's a live stream and here's a live stream of all these churches that I'm not affiliated with. I just looked up on YouTube once. You know what I mean? I didn't have that. I don't have that on YouTube. And it has gone down Which a lot. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about YouTube pushing out the So Christian he's cutting me face. off these today. Sorry. On Facebook, during the peak of COVID, there was so many recommended to me on during COVID. And then it's gone down a lot yeah, since then. YouTube's like, oh, here's a market to get people to watch Facebook. YouTube. Oh, Facebook. Same with Facebook. Facebook. I'm really... Which is uh, what I said. You just I'm really ignored happy. what I said. You know, my church in, in Pennsylvania live streams their service every Sunday mm-hmm. still and Wednesday night nice. which is really nice that's, that's, that's rare because of Elijah. Wednesday night live stream Pennsylvania yeah yeah Elijah no I had a conversation with him oh he's about he's it. the one doing the Elijah's live stream the one and stuff. doing it so the it's pastor's awesome. like ah, you go for it if you yeah. want it you know that's I, I like that a lot because yeah. you know we Keep used going. to we used to record yeah. uh, all the time just yeah, every yeah. service uh, but it's cool to you you have the playback yeah. You know, you have the uh, VOD is what it's called. It's uh, p- the playback, the video on demand, mm-hmm. essentially. And you have all of those that you can go back through. Yeah. You don't necessarily have to. Audio recording is really great for a service to be able to give people, you know, so you can just listen to it. But being able to turn it on on YouTube is really nice, too. It's because we've talked about this. You know, you get a young guy in there that's enthusiastic. They're like, Woo! yeah, I want to I want to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's right. They that's it's good. serving the Lord. That's if right. I, and you know what pastors say to that? Amen, brother. Is what if they I say. miss if I miss a service <laughs> what? if I miss going to church here, 
I'll often, for yeah. some reason or another, if I'm sick or if I'm busy, I'll turn on the live stream of your church, Pennsylvania, and oh, I'll just yeah. listen to that. Pastor Nathan, my yeah. my church does not live stream on YouTube. They do it on their website, mm-hmm. and then they post it on YouTube after it's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> there, I, I'm gonna say this: like old style churches with more of the uh, Catholic style buildings. Mm-hmm. So like the Every, nothing's carpeted. You know, we're not getting into Baptist territory. Nothing's carpeted. The echo was huge. And the reason why is they didn't have a sound system. So it projects well, you know, yeah. for ancient Rome, it was a great method. Yeah, they <laughs> built cathedrals to have good acoustics. <laughs> yeah. Now with sound systems and streaming, it is you a gotta carpet nightmare. That. You got to mm. carpet that. You got to carpet. I mean, if you're going to be online, these churches got to figure out a way. Put up, Put up sound panels. Do something. We can't have... If you have a sound system, mm-hmm. so people in the back can hear you, well, that building's designed for no sound system. So like, you're going to have to change some stuff in those buildings. And you watch live streams at those churches, it's a mess. I it's mean, a complete it's mess. not a huge building, but at Maranatha, you know, they got the concrete floor right. mm-hmm. with the walls. Right. Yeah. But it's not a big building. You could yell and everybody can hear you. Shout out to Maranatha. Yeah. We did a 100th episode in Maranatha a few years back. Which is, you should go check that out. Me and Joshua did. It was Ooh, a few years Probably not back. great. It's not great. But our but it, it was episode our 100. Our podcast, you know, flow was probably I not took my shirt off at the end. You did. I, did I called in. Crash. You did call in. That's right. Ethan was with me. I was surprised we had connection. Yeah. We, yeah. I, I was sitting, wow, yeah, I, was, I didn't even think I of that. I was sitting in my car across from where the old church was. <laughs> and we drove past the old church when we were in Georgia. Yeah. There's a... There's what, a you. I know you. You may me, not no, remember. No, I remember exactly because I know what you're talking about. For people who are listening, yeah. they're gonna be so confused because you said Pennsylvania Church. You said old right, church. Right, right. So in, in Georgia, in Georgia and uh, then the new church, church I went to, gr- the church I grew up at in Georgia, they sold their building and mm. it's now a school. And I worked at the school. Um, across from the school, which is the yeah. old church, is a uh, recreational like. Uh, park. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a field. It's got a baseball field. It's got a track around it. Yeah. And you I know, saw that. Yes, I it do was know. To the left. About. Which when is we were driving new. past. Um, pretty new compared it's to fairly new, yeah. But for what I know. We I've never uh, that's seen where it. I, I parked over there right. and called you guys. Right. So right. we just wanted to that I think with that episode was the intention be I, I think when we were getting our bearings and we were like, okay, we need to talk about a movie, but we also should tell a lot of personal stories because that's what podcasts did. Mm-hmm. Those early days of which podcasting, is great, which is which is good yeah. for people that are interested in that. People are less interested in that if they don't know you these days, especially as we grow. But, but we had in some those pretty early good days, stories. Yeah, we did. We had some good stories. We had. To I think tell. the point of that was like we had talked about Maranatha so much up to that point. We're like we have to, we have to do a podcast there and sh- for 100 episodes, and we have to like show B roll where we went to. Uh, we tried to look for icy caves, and we showed B-roll. We didn't film, film any of that thing there, though. We did, though. We did. Remember, I included B-roll in the episode. Oh, very As brief. we talked about it. And so we, we had a whole little, me and Joshua, and then we did a podcast at Maranatha, and uh, and it was, a, it was a good time. You should check it out. You know, I think it's interesting that a lot of people start a podcast because it's like, oh, we have 
great ideas and tons of stories to tell. Right. <laughs> and then they run through all their stories and stop doing a That's podcast. That's what I say. Yep. There's always the episode third. There's always 30 episodes. 30 threshold. episodes because you run yeah. through, you don't have as many stories as you think you do. Right. You run through all I, of no, them. No, we've got some you, We've got no, a lot yeah. of Not story. enough to fill not, up hundreds of episodes. Three, between no, the three of us, we have plenty of stories, but even we've run through quite a few of them. All of the ones that are fresh on mind, they're all documented. Yeah. Yeah. On podcasts. Uh, we've run through most of them. And I think that's what a lot of guys do is they run through all of their stories. They get out all the thoughts that they have. Right. And then they're like, well, what's left? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a great segment because you guys are talking about to bring up that one story we have not told yet. Uh, what story was that? <laughs> oh, you don't have one. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Now, yeah. But yeah, you're right. There Actually, people that are interested. We have to have a story we've never told. We do. First, there there definitely are some people that get come across our podcast who are thinking about doing a podcast. So just on the off chance that people see our podcast and stuck around for a few minutes that don't know us, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, build it around. This is This is for free. Yeah. Build it around something that you can constantly make content around that's not all focused on you. So there's a doorway for people to enter the podcast, stick around, get to know who you are, and have, you don't run out of content. Definitely have things to talk about. Yeah. You know, that's other than – because you're going to have your own stories. Okay, well, and you can and you can interject them. Yeah. Around the stuff. What? Plus, <laughs> I, I thought of a, a whole bunch of stories that came up that we have not told, and we – We'll probably never tell them. We'll tell them on the pre-show for patrons. Oh wait, are you saying they're inappropriate? Uh, the videos that are circling around our friend group. Let's just leave it at that, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I know what you're talking about. There's all those stories that have not been told on the any Banana Man. It, and, hey, I, banana and, and man. honestly, yeah. I don't think they should be told. No, but I think no. there's plenty of stories that you have that you know. Because this this podcast is the way that it is, yeah. you know, and we want to keep it kind of uh, for all audiences. Yes, we don't tell every story. And that's fine. <laughs> no, no, that's well, like, fun. And and honestly, <clears throat> I know our friends and our friends somewhat enjoy it if we bring them <laughs> into it. But we have to keep that limited mm -hmm. unless we have them on the podcast to talk yeah. about it. Because people don't like to hear stories about people they don't know. Right. They just don't. Well, and and here's the other thing: if you depends, the story, but well, it yeah. I I think it depends. I think if somebody's following the podcast, and if we're the main, if if, if one if of us is, fan, the, is the protagonist of the story, if you're well, if you're a fan of the podcast and you keep hearing Tim, right, and Seth, right, and and you've watched the podcast long enough, which we had them on, I think you're going to, I think you're going to be a, a fan of. Of Tim and Seth. We've almost made them a side character. They are they side are. Characters. They're a, they're a character in the podcast lore. Podcast lore. Right? Yeah. And or John Mark and that's, and Ethan. Yeah, that's that's fun. I've I've listened to plenty of I don't really listen to podcasts, but right. videos that I watch um or people that I watch on the internet often talk about other people and i'm like man i wish they were on the show too because <laughs> these stories are fun yeah yeah and that's that's the thing you have to think about what are people that don't know me or getting to know me through the podcast thinking about the people that i know personally that they don't mm -hmm. and if it's appropriate bring it up if it's not talk about it off camera <laughs> you know what I mean? and that's why when we go into a story like when i started with oh like the old church Josh specified. We try. We have to specify yeah. because it's like otherwise they have no idea what we're talking about. 
Yeah. 333 episodes of experience of podcasting. Do you think we would we ever have? do like a uh, Good Mythical Morning just did on their their version of Patreon? I don't know if it's just their website. I think uh, they have the Mythical Society. I have a feeling well, no, that's no. through the join button, isn't it? No. Uh, they had they did a late night live stream where they oh, did. Rated R? Yes. And do you think we'll ever do something like that? Tell these stories on a live Paid promotion because no, no time be paid, soon. There'd be a paid wall. no time soon. No, uh, we do that already, kind of on the pre-show. Yeah, we do. So what yeah. I'm saying is, like, if you want that, you can go to Patreon. Well, here's Links the, in the description. here's the other thing. For the most part, we don't live rated R. We don't. You know, we for the most part. Yeah, I think for the most part, we live our really. Movies, we watch are so much more raunchy. Right. We cannot. We don't. We don't relate to the movies. No, we, watch. we actually we don't. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't. We don't live we don't. rated R. No. We don't. We're making people think. Yeah. So. So, you know, it's kind of better for, I think, for everybody to be able to enjoy something if we don't podcast rated. So we podcast PG-13. That's a that's a beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Rhett and Link, so they've always said we make content according to what our kids, what we're okay with our kids watching. So they've yeah. gotten yeah, progressively. It's, it's going to be a long time before we can follow that They've gotten that role. Cur- progressively more rated R uh, adjacent because of their kids are older they're going mm-hmm. to college however we don't necessarily have those rules they're like i don't think uh, josie's not going to watch my podcast until she's age appropriate like pg-13 like 13 years old but also so i don't what think... i'm saying is like we build it on the standard of pg-13 basically yeah and then go from there but if she's like but if she's eight years old and she's listening she to a podcast i don't think it's going to be like one of our main podcasts i don't think it's going to be an issue no 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 probably not because we we hardly ever swear no we never show anything that's you know we accidentally show ads sometimes maybe an ad (laughs) yeah yeah i I think uh i think the biggest the biggest thing i would worry about is like okay sometimes we talk about shows and movies that she would definitely not be allowed to watch right so i don't necessarily want her gaining interest at a young age in these movies and shows unless we're ready to what let her watch them yeah so we we gush over some things sometimes that aren't age appropriate for all audiences yeah uh and yeah you don't I've thought about that too. You don't want people to get, oh, well, let me go look up Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? It's not for everybody. It's mm. not. And maybe we should have someone on the channel who's like, and if you are a good Christian couple <laughs> with little kids, maybe you shouldn't go watch Game of Thrones. Right. Because we, all we do is gush about we, it, and then someone's going to get over there and be like, what well, is sometimes, this? Well, sometimes we preface too. We're like, be aware. Yeah. This is not for kids. This is not for kids. Yeah. Not for the kids. But so, sometimes you gotta parents, adults, use your discretion. <laughs> yeah, PG thirteen show everybody. We're coming mm-hmm. out, coming out as PG thirteen. We're coming out <laughs> as PG thirteen. <laughs> we're we're thirteen and older appropriate is what we are, and yeah. uh, and that's all she wrote. Now you know as a joke, this is random. I said this as a joke, and it made one of my coworkers laugh, but because it was a joke, a good story. No, they said something like. We were talking about electrical work because I work at a construction place. And I said, I would like to one day, you know, when I grow up, live, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll learn some electrical work. Mm-hmm. When but, you grow up? Yeah, that's what I said. I, you should probably you should probably do that on your own time, like at, around your house. Like learn the electrical systems of your house. That's probably the best no, way to yeah, do yeah. it. No, yeah, yeah. Watch some YouTube videos saying, and yeah. be very careful because electrical work. You can blow work, your... Blow it's like magic. Off. I'm not doing electrical work it's like, anytime it's soon. It's like playing with magic. Yeah, it's it's pulsating energy. 
It's invisible. <laughs> it's invisible energy. It's magic. Yeah. It's actually And we've learned magic. how to harness it. We and send it. We've learned how to harness magic. What's our first right. topic? That's I right. feel like we've just totally God did create magic. Yeah. And he's given us dominion over it. What did God doing. create with this first line? Okay, so there um we're gonna talk about filmmaking, the filmmaking oh. industry a little bit, okay? And we always do that. <laughs> However, there are technologies that we've brought up here and there on videos and podcasts about how the industry is moving forward and changing. Basically, every time it gets back to you to produce the episode. Right. Because this is where the real interest lies. But also, you know, we talk about things like the volume, which people, All the time. people yeah. don't really understand necessarily. Not, not, yeah, exactly. If we mention the volume and they don't follow the same kind of stuff we it's follow. It's like, do you know what that is? Yeah. You probably don't. So <clears throat> I have an article that a, a fellow wrote who, where he basically. <laughs> Why am I doing what like is this? Loring, Loring Weisenberg on this photo here? <laughs> You're just a little fruity. What One of these. <laughs> Go back real quick. One of I, these. We don't, I don't mean to do this, but it came up. This photo right here, just click into that. Oh, one just of click these? Into this right quick. Why are you just giving when me like a... When you hit on one of these. This yeah. is a screenshot from one of our reaction videos. <laughs> Why did you give me a I one love of these? It. Because you're like presenting. Okay. Well. And that's a, that's a good face to put on a thumbnail. <laughs> Look, let, let me let me do me, okay? okay. Uh, let let you do you. If you want to throw up one of these, go or, for it. Or one of these. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Loring Weisenberger wrote an article with seven film technologies uh, disrupting the entertainment industry. Okay. Okay. So I want to go through some of these, and we're we'll, going to go through seven of them. We'll react to them. We'll give our thoughts. We'll say, is this going to really hit strong, or is this going to be just the only people with all the money? You know what I mean? That kind of thoughts. So um, algorithmic video editing is their Could first one. barely say that. Even can't algor al say that five times. Algorithmic, 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 okay. algorithmic, algorithmic. Never mind. I can do it. <laughs> okay, read this name. What name? Oh, uh, at its core, algorithmic editing simply refers to the process of editing according to a set of well-defined well rules. It's like cutting your movie with math. Not entirely unlike the practice of famously pursued oh, it's, by it's Sergey Estenstein. Wait, Eisenstein. Eisenstein. Oh, right here. Sergey, though, right? Yeah, Sergey. Sergey Eisenstein. Okay. Um, so basically, algorithmic video editing has been around. We Cut saw and it. It's it sort of, but what we saw is it's becoming more elaborate. Um, so your phone can do it. Your phone can take videos and pictures and make a little memory reel automatically, right? And oh, it send oh, it to yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, remember Apple, the iPad came out and you had um, iMovie. Yeah. And you can put together, like it automatically edits together a horror trailer from footage that you recorded. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. My so phone. That, that's that's a, a simple example of this. But my, this Google, is becoming, my Google Photos will often send me, it's like, do you remember this memory? Right. And it'll send me like a collage of photos yeah, yeah. from With a certain video time. video and everything, yeah. you know? It makes it for me. But the thing is, that's built on a template. Mm -hmm. So what it does is it pay, it takes your video and pastes it in the template. Mm. Algorithmic video editing is basically saying like math and it's doing the exact same thing. It's taking a style from certain movies like Jurassic Park or The Godfather or uh, Transformers or Fast and Furious and it's saying like, we take this footage, right? And we insert it in this style format. Okay. Yeah. So if there's still a lack of creativity there. But it is based on 
an, a complex math equation okay. of from a style that AI is able to look at essentially. Okay. Have you? I I don't know if you guys have you know played with the Chat GPT. No, I, I have a lot. I haven't. I've I've put in a couple scenarios to see if it would do something like this, where it, it takes a certain template and it writes accordingly. Mm -hmm. So I put in, I don't know, a, a dialogue scene between Ellen Ripley from Alien and Rambo, right? From Rambo, right? And it writes their dialogue according to how they would speak in the movie. Okay. So Ellen Ripley's talking about alien stuff. It's like, oh, be aware. There's aliens. I fought mm -hmm. these, so we have to be careful. And Rambo's talking about Rambo stuff. I've been in wars. I've done this kind of guerrilla warfare before. So I'm I'm and, and so they're kind of staying in their own lane with a little bit of crossover. Right. It's like if two because characters I've are having them, a conversation. I've put them into this scenario. Yeah. So the algorithm is using their knowledge. Mm -hmm. to write that character, which exactly. is really interesting. However, this, I don't, and I, I'm skeptical. Mm -hmm. I'm not skeptical of the ability of like math equation editing almost, you know what I mean? Or AI editing. What I really am interested in is, does it ever present real creativity? Because once you, once it tries creativity, it becomes nonsense. At this point, if AI tries creativity, like unique stuff, it's either inaccurate or it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it loses context. Well, this is video editing. Video editing, and that that's and a problem. Can, editing can be uh, editing can be extremely creative. Oh, it's beyond creative. Yeah, editing is is an unlimited amount of creativity, which is but, why I love it. It's fun. But we have uh, the internet has produced so many videos with so mm. much creative creative editing. Yeah, I think if your algorithm is good enough, it can copy exactly what it needs to pick and choose what it wants from right, and yeah. and simulate creativity but it also has to keep context mm -hmm. so how do you make how do you take an editor and say i want you to copy i want you to make a video peter mckinnon style this is my talking head and this is my b-roll does the b-roll fit well with what the talking head is talking about you know what i True. mean so it has to hold context which is really difficult to do that's why i said if it tries creativity yeah. or even follows a format, sometimes you have to deviate in the edit from your normal format to keep context. So I'm saying this might not work. And it's might gonna change, it, it'll benefit, it'll help. It'll help. Like in the same way that templates for motion graphics mm. helps, this will help, but it's not going to replace editing because it ultimately can't. It's not good enough and I don't know that it ever will because that's that's some serious code for every for literally hundreds of billions of scenarios they but, have to have but a didn't response. you say that you know we're even seeing in editing programs yeah. that that it will cut stuff for you yeah it'll yeah. cut so, things together it'll look for those pauses it'll right. look for those things and cut them there, there we're, we're getting better we are it, yeah. it like if you give it a full video it it finds where your cuts are and isolates those cuts. Mm -hmm. Also, Premiere has AI options like um, match cutting. So it basically yes. uh, it, or morph cuts. So basically like in between two hard cuts, it can transform your video to make it look like there was no cut there. You know what I mean? As well as music editing, which basically says, I need this song to be 30 seconds and you just shrink yeah. it down to wherever it needs to be and then it automatically analyzes the music or and finds where to make it sound seamless or like perfect. match up cutting yeah. I, I have noticed 
This or, was stabilizer. All of these are in AI, the, AI tools. Yeah, in a long time ago, this they had this where like if you're trying to match up footy audio with video, yeah, they can figure out like you just kind of get it in the area and then it'll. Yeah, I mean, it says this last sentence. In other words, elements of algorithmic editing are already standard in post-production. Exactly, especially Premiere Pro. Every single year, Premiere Pro is adding more and more AI tools inside of their program to help you. So I'm just saying, I don't think this is going to replace editors. I just think it's going to really benefit the same way that ChatGPT can write a, a essay for mm-hmm. college students so they can cheat, but they just have to make sure that everything's correct yeah. in there. Um, this, it's almost like a cheat code for editors. It's going to seriously help them, but ultimately an editor who knows context and creativity has to still make sure context and creativity Tools is Tools like yeah. this, it's like, let the, let the editor be creative and let the AI find patterns mm-hmm. and, uh, assist you in the process. Substitute patterns. Yeah. Right. They, they do all the pattern stuff for you so that you don't have to waste time doing it. Exactly. And then you do the creative stuff. All There's right. seven of these. There's seven of we these. We maybe can. We'll go. And here, we'll go here's fast. a video of a dude like writing code for. <laughs> oh, so this is Ooh. big. A Chat yeah, GPT. Oh, I might have to. Can you Chat this GPT link? having the ability so to I'll tell send you, you the, the article? Yeah. I'd if like you're to like see this later, I have this issue in coding for my game. Right. What do I need to do to fix? How do I make my character jump? And it will give you a line of code. To help you make your character jump. That's nice. what that's what's happening right now. So cheating is becoming it's getting better world. and better at helping you helping you write code. So we've talked about this on the podcast before, but even like with the Tesla cars, right now they're innovating. We can't figure out a Tesla car going down and creating a situation where a kid walks in front of the car mm-hmm. and the car stops. That's one scenario, but every single scenario out there. They right now are developing an AI that is able to write the code for these situations so that we can have those situations. The car is programmed yeah. for these situations. But there's so many situations. Yeah. It's, it's millions of scenarios. It's, it's hundreds of billions of scenarios, scenarios in all of these that processes. That could happen with a car that they can't write out the code for everything. So they have to write a code. A, AI generated code yeah. to write the code for them. So that's, that's dangerous because I just watched Megan last night and she fell apart in one week. <laughs> so that's that's a more advanced um, scenario of what I'm talking about. So so games are formulized; they have patterns, right? And so if you need a character to kick a ball, if you need a character, we're talking like eight bit mm. at this point. If you need a character to jump or hit a box or grab a mushroom, mm-hmm. right? If we're thinking in Mario terms, the AI I think is smart enough to help you learn how to do that. It's like, oh, well you need to have this line of code, this line of code, this line of code. Yeah, yeah. So it's getting better at helping people learn how to write code. So at what point does the algorithm start writing its own code? It, it already is, is the problem. It, yeah. it, no, it definitely I don't is. Think it, I it don't is. think it is for yet. Ba- for basic that's stuff, the point it of, is. That's the point of artificial intelligence. But you get it started, and then it figures itself this out is and changes. Code, not editing. What's so the next what's thing? The, the next, next thing is 3D printing. About AI too Listen, much. The, three, the next thing is 3D printing. So you might not have realized this. What happens but, when AI starts 3D printing? <laughs> it will, and that's the problem. So 3D printing is already mainstream. We've already had it for oh, a yeah. long time. Uh, you know, game sets make little pieces for their board games that are cool, that are geeky, and you know, I have a three D printed mask. Exactly. In the other room, but so 
You were 3D printing handguns. What the industry is starting to really pick up on is saying like, how do we mainstream? And this is this is almost a little bit anti-artist. All mm-hmm. right, this is more it, it's pro, gra- it's pro designer, but anti like physical artists because yeah. it's going to literally just print like props and costumes design. No, everything I, that you just I, need, I don't think this is anti-art. No, it's because. Not. You know, for an artist to make a prop, right? Let's say we're using foam. You cut out your foam to make a sword, to make a piece of armor. You mm-hmm. cut it out, you shape it. Then the artist has to paint it. Yeah. They yeah. have to weather it. Well, no, the they, machines can They do have that to put too. carbon <laughs> score. No, they, they can't. They can't put individual. They will, though. It's at a maybe, point. but they can't put individual detail onto something that weathers it. You can 3D print like that mask I have in there is yeah. black. It's just 3D printed. Hold on. I'm almost done. <laughs> I'm the one who has to sand it down. I'm the one who has to paint it. I'm the one who has to weather it and put specific details onto it. Let me yeah. go get it. 3D real quick. printing isn't. Yeah. Why, why he walks away? I, I'm just going to touch on this because I know mm-hmm. this is not something we talk about. I follow and I have bought stocks in uh, 3D printing companies. Mm-hmm. There's one specific that right now I. Uh, I don't have any money in, but I watch regularly that Elon Musk just bought the company because um, he uses that company to print 3D. Um, he parts for his um, Tesla. Spa- no, spaceships. SpaceX. SpaceX. Space. Elon Musk bought a 3D printing company to print parts for his spaceship. Which is smart. So, so I, I at one point own stock in companies like that. Right. Because I watch. So nerd stuff this is a good example of like how to build costumes this is really this is really detailed it's very nice right but it's only 3d printed Mm -hmm. so you know a prop uh, you know a prop crew can 3d print this and they can have this done in what 24 hours 48 hours Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. so the machine is doing all the work and then you get this prop but you know the artist still has to take it and paint it Maybe cut up, maybe chip this tooth well, off but because no, it was hit like with a sword. Like I was sword. saying, don't even just think about props. Let's say they have to create right a piece of technology that can, you know, this is very basic, like drop somebody from such or do something like that. Shoot a laser. Something that doesn't yes, exist. Yes, they could do that for the movie with 3D printing. It's not just props and things. It also can build technology for us, parts for the technology. Right, right. Let's, stay, let's stay on the movie industry. It is, that is no, there, there's, en- there's endless 3D printing opportunities. What yeah. I'm saying is for just the movie industry, it is going to change it. Now, I, I will say, like, if we are, get to the point where we're doing, like, 3D prints of, like, metal swords for uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know what I mean? We just got news this week that Warner Brothers is planning on doing more films for mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, uh, live action films. Mm-hmm. So whatever that scenario falls under, imagine you're just having to, like, metal 3D print swords instead of a blacksmith yeah, up in hundreds. there it's already Crack happening there's a hundreds. guy there's a guy yep. who specializes in 3d printing um chainmail armor so what i'm saying is it's not it's not non-art i'm just saying like it is we art. lose no. those those classic we're not, opportunities but, but we're not i don't think we're losing we're not art. losing no. we are we're, I don't think we're so cutting out a pattern yeah the same okay. way with ai of having to build the prop the artist what the artist truly does it's is to make it, it yeah make it fit in the world right like i want to take this i want to paint it red i want all these teeth to be white but i also want it to look like it's been through battles yeah maybe has some dried blood on it Mm. maybe there's a 
chip taken out of the side here where you know the person wearing Which, it got hit you know That's i think they all did that, up to the artist i think yeah. they did a ton of 3d printing for like the throne room in house of the dragon mm -hmm. i remember i think we saw behind the scenes um yeah. of that that example for uh Who's the Water King? <laughs> what was his uh, name? Water King? The Water King. Oh, Starts uh, with a C. Uh, uh, in Game of Thrones? In House of the Dragon. Corlys, oh, Corlys, Corlys. Corlys Valerian. Yeah. Yes. So his throne room, like a ton of everything ton of was all 3D, 3D printed. printed. Yeah. Uh, let's What's go to next? the next thing. Because we so got a lot. The next one is 3D uh, pre-visualization. Pre all right. So that's basically now, I will say this. The, like vision? I 3D pre-visualization. 3D pre-visualization. They did this. Now they've done this a lot since, but they had this back with Surf's Up. Oh, so oh it, yes. De designing a yes. set entirely designing in the computer, I see what you're saying. It, all in 3D so that you can explore it. And so it's not even we're just- We're using um, Unreal Engine right now. Yes. In a lot of big productions. Exactly, but the thing is with this new technology, it's not just animated designs. You can also like, basically scan or picture a live action set from where you're going to film yeah. and the director can enter that set and figure out where's the best place for the camera where the actors need to stand before production is even there before you're even there you get sent someone Let's out to do explain a this uh, people we, we kind of skipped the gun it's a what 3d it world so they build the world and then they go in and they can move anywhere like a video game but put a set up a camera and just film anywhere in that yeah. world yeah yeah and 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 sometimes it requires a headset like you have with VR to go into the world. You figure, you see visually what you want to film before you're even on set. If you're curious how they got a lot of those shots in uh, Surf's Up, it wasn't just animating. They built a previs 360 degree, 360 degree 3D island, island in or set. It wasn't the whole island, but they would build a set. So the characters you, you would have a set around. for the beach. And you'd you'd have the um, the characters are on a track, right? Mm -hmm. These 3D penguins are on a track, like a video game. So they're moving, and then all you have to do is move your camera over to them, pick them up where you want them, and then move the camera somewhere. Which else. is really cool because literally inside of a computer, they built a world. Then they took a physical camera and filmed inside of that. It's world. like yeah. it's like VR. Yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. cool. And it wasn't it wasn't like a what is it? computer is it really camera. Cool? It's really cool. <laughs> it wasn't like a computer camera where they like moved it around on the screen. Mm -hmm. There's literally a room with a man with like a yeah. camera who's literally physically pointing the camera where they need so they get the actual shots of inside to make it look documentary style like the film turned out to be. First Surf's Up is a gem. <laughs> it really is. It is. I love it. So I watched, Elijah Wood. I watched uh no, no that's Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. And what's her name? You're right. What's her name? I can't remember. Zoe Deschanel and Jeff Bridges. Yes. I knew Jeff. Uh, so uh, just real quick, um, what was I going to say? So the 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 volume uses a lot of that yeah. 3D. Which we're, the volume's in here. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the volume. Um, so we have real-time rendering. Real-time rendering is a critical is a, a critical example of the new film technology associated with virtual productions. Um, an emerging set of practices through which filmmakers combine virtual and physical elements into one seamless whole. So basically, uh, I think I think what it's basically communicating. Now there is a there is a a film a video by Film Riot here mm -hmm. that I should have watched before this to help get a better understanding of it. And all I can say is I think so. It says Unreal Engine is the future of filmmaking. 
it's similar to what we're seeing like with the volume, but I think there's something different. I mean, we're seeing it with the the guy who did the the mug salad that we yeah. talked about yeah. on the podcast. Uh, you do like green screen and you build the whole world in Unreal Engine or Blender and everything is re- is fake except for I that, you know? I can't that'll be way too much off track. At the end of this segment, I would like to bring up something thing but still keep this on You track. should look up uh you should look up the making of Mug Salad. What was it called? Um, uh, Dynamo, Dynamo Dream. Dream. Dynamo Dream Mug Salad. You should look up the making for that, and this will give you a good understanding of what mm-hmm. real-time uh, rendering kind of looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. using using real and fake elements in a environment. Okay. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's huge. We're going to see that more and more, yeah. especially in the indie market since we got – And we don't – since we're not uh, VFX artists – uh, we truly don't understand. I understand it. I, just I don't, don't understand, understand how I like, to do it. <laughs> I don't have a grasp on this. Like I've seen a lot of videos on on the other stuff. Right. I haven't seen much on. It's uh, not too different from what they did with rendering. what they did with Surf's Up, except you are building a set. Like after you film it, you're building a set around them. Okay. So uh, it's using a lot of like motion tracking it's using a lot of 3d animation in unreal or blender like mug salad was in blender um it's the same what well, last week we did the ninja turtle thing i bet some of that is is that that's an example they use animated elements with probably uh real elements in the frame there's there's a youtuber that i don't really watch but i know of him he he stopped making videos for a long time like for two years and then he came back and started making videos again and he was like let me explain what i've been doing during this time I created a production company where uh, Snoop Dogg, um, I've worked with Snoop Dogg in the past, and for Snoop Dogg, one of Snoop Dogg's music videos, he wanted to do a uh, motion graphic of him like doing what he wanted, singing as he was animated. So I created a motion graphic stage, and Snoop Dogg put on the suit, and, he, and Snoop Dogg's doing his thing while he's rapping, and just basically doing a live performance. He and was, everything's around him is animated. Everything around him, and he is animated also. Oh, I remember. But, so uh, they just did. They just did uh, performance capture with for Snoop Dogg. Yes. Okay. It, there was something like that that was done like in Avatar in Fortnite. Yeah. There was like a live concert done in Fortnite with um, I forget the rapper's name, but I, I think it was similar to that. Either either he did all the motions and they put him into the concert, or he was live doing the motions. Uh, Justin Bieber has done that too. Yeah, where he's been in the metaverse doing. He has a he did a live performance in the metaverse. Okay. Interesting. Let's just say that. I so don't want to get into that. The next thing is the Internet of Things, and this is kind of where we see examples like what was it that we talked about it a lot. It was on Netflix, and it starred Jake Gyllenhaal with The Guilty. Yeah. Um, where basically we're talking where the internet allows production to take place on a small scale, but still have everyone involved. Mm-hmm. So like the guilty was filmed during COVID and this really COVID really pushed this style of production where basically like the director could be at home or in a van or offset, yeah. like directing the crew, a small crew, crew and an actor virtually to do their performance, to get the video shots that they need, or, and all the communications over the internet. Or and he can see, just, you know, like these interview-esque late-night shows that yes. they do over Zoom or anything so like that. So for the now. filmmaking industry, it's really going to change because imagine, imagine maybe five years, it might already be happening, where a director is directing like two movies at once from his home. 
Yeah. Like someone, I mean, imagine this, I don't imagine know this. About that, but. Imagine this, Guillermo del Toro, stop motion. He has a crew of stop motion artists that work in the studio and do all that. And he he gets like the camera that they're filming with or the, the and he's just at home, right? He, they have like a feed where they're sending him what the shot's gonna look like. And he's like, I want you to like move the camera over just a little bit. And I want you to look up at the- <laughs> That's, <laughs> yeah, a, good, yeah, that's yeah. a good del so, Toro actually. So, and he's like, and I want the character to kind of swing around this way and so he's like explaining and directing the yeah. film, but he could be at home. And that, that's what I'm saying. The internet connection for production, you still need people on set, mm. but you don't have to have everyone there. You well, don't need like know. a director's tent. We've the talk- director's tent can be their bedroom. We've we've discussed this um, yeah. as the culture. We've we've the culture has kind of discussed this idea of using the internet and using cameras and everything right. to be in one place but do something else somewhere else. Right. And it it wasn't feasible necessarily in the early 2000s or even in the uh, 2010s. Right. But as time goes on, internet gets better, um, connections get better, cameras on pads and on you know phones get better. We can do this long distance stuff much easier. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and I think it, the internet, just in general, the way we use connection and communication for the internet is going to change production. You don't need everybody there, just really the physical workers. So, like, imagine the director of photography is, like, the on-set director almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where And everybody else, the producer, the director, everybody, the writers, the continuity person, everything is – they're just all on video cameras on a monitor – just at home watching the production take place and saying, hey, the directors needs to talk to the actor. They flip on his mic, you know, and they, they're it's just going through the motion. And you if, don't have if to have the director, big elaborate if, sets. The, if the director isn't on site, yeah, you know, uh, uh, we'd probably have a lot more. A lot less Me Too stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> there wouldn't be as much Let's, sexual assault if they yeah, had to stay on. home. I don't know how many segments you have, but we're not we're, me, you know. Oh, this one's going. Okay, so long. we don't have to stay on this one long, but volume technology. We've talked. So about. yeah, uh, the, the volume is basically the Mandalorian. They the did Batman, it for, and now the Last of Us. It's a big, a little bit, and House it's of a the big Dragon. TV. Yeah. Y'all, it's, it's a, a huge real big LED TV. TV, and the thing is, again, technology has gotten good enough that TVs can LED technology LED TVs can simulate um environments yeah. and you can film those environments and it looks good. Yeah, it and looks right. If you don't know what LED technology is, it's not like uh it's not like L C D screen on a computer or anything like that. It's actually really tiny like quarter of a centimeter by quarter of a centimeter light bulbs Mm -hmm. so when you get away from it it just looks like a tv a lot of churches have these on their stages you know what i mean um but you get the you get like the cutting edge led technology like they have on mandalorian and such and you all of a sudden use unreal engine to make real realistic looking environments put it up on a on a tv and that's the background and this is really great but i think i think the volume is uh going to stunt creativity you think i it already is yeah somewhat yeah you made it already is i mean look at mandalorian look at obi-wan kenobi right look at a lot of what marvel is doing the the they use the volume because it's cheap and it's easy and Mm -hmm. it's quick they can film quick and at ever weather and it looks good it kind of matches the way we expect cg to look and so they are they're cutting costs by filming with this thing. Um and then you got Andor, which was which wasn't all, on the volume. Yeah. It was it was real sets. 
you know, right. and that's why it looked different. That's why it felt different. Yeah. And it felt like more of that classic style filmmaking, which uh, all of this is going like in my in my mind, every time we progress, it's exciting. But also we're losing some of that. We can't use this as a crutch. We can't. No. no. So using it like uh, House of the Dragon did. Where they where, built one throne room at the end of they, the show. Where they, where they use it to get certain shots, and then they use real sets, real locations for other shots. You got to be able to know how to use these technologies to make yeah. a production better, not lean on them as crutches. In House of the Dragon, they built Corliss's, Corliss's throne room. But at the end, they used the volume to give us the Baratheon throne room. Right. So they used both. They used... Build sets, something you, you can build I mean? and use this for something you can't build. Yeah. Right. It's great. Right. Or if you just don't have the money for it. Like you yeah. want to dump all your energy into Corliss's room because you're in there more. Or also they used it for the dragons. They oh, used it for the dragon as well. Oh, that is the wrong button. Well, I can go down like that. <laughs> That's yeah. I learned something. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, it obviously has a video attached about the Mandalorian for the volume technology. And then the last one is just the camera in general. Now, I will say this. I've experienced this at my personal work. Sony and, you know, other other big camera companies like Ari and Red and I'll even IMAX. I know they're more in the traditional filmmaking world. Which we but, talked about this. Which we talked about it. Christopher Nolan takes advantage of that technology. But overall, the cameras are... The past 10 years for cameras have been one giant leap for mankind, if I will. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like even even just focusing technology. Like I, I shoot with a camera that does perfect, not face, but eye tracking. So it doesn't matter where your character moves around in your frame. It will follow focus perfectly, even if you have an extremely shallow depth of field. And wow. that's a $6,000 Sony camera, right? Yeah. So imagine you get into the... So, so even focusing is no longer like a job where uh, uh, even up until like oh my phone auto ago, focuses still well still there's yeah. still a person in Hollywood that sits in front of the camera next to the camera operator and has like they they preset where the person goes from one focus point to the next focus point you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying I know people who had that job in Hollywood they are focus pullers yeah that's no longer a job because all the director of photography can through connection on the internet, yeah. like said earlier, can be in a truck and just tap someone's face and it focuses for them on camera mm. from their house or from, you know, hundreds of feet away. They don't have, the person watching and, and all the all the director of photography has to do is move the camera or observe the movement of the camera. Now we off. know, but we know a good director of photography is going to know when to take control. Yeah. When to take control of that camera lens, when to move it, when to... Do all these things that you can do mm -hmm. with a computer. A good director of photography is going to know when to use them and when not to use them. Exactly. And I think a good – but also a, the main point for a director of photography, like if – what what ultimately like is a good job what they did is composition-wise, the background, the foreground, the middle ground, everything works perfectly as a compositional art piece as mm -hmm. well as lighting they're working with the gaffers they're saying i need this light here because i just need a touch of light like streaming down this person's eye you know what i yeah. mean details like that that's what really a good director of photography is thinking about so having to be like is that shot in focus 
is no longer a problem, which frees them up to get that off their mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Because technology will do that for you. Yeah. And that's just one example of how incredible cameras have gotten. Now we talk about film cameras. Peter McKinnon did a video about the photography camera, phase one. Mm-hmm. It is an $80,000 camera. And all that is, and all, it takes film, pic, it takes pictures, but all it is is basically the sensor is so much bigger than any other camera, photography camera on the market. So it creates the highest res photography pictures ever. So it's like, it's literally just a photo camera. It's called phase one. And you can put, I think he had a Canon lens on it or something. Mm. The sensor's just like so big. It just creates the the most high quality photos ever. Well, I watched a, um, I watched a quarter video where they were filming something and they were using like a new I want to say it was Black Magic. Probably. And Black Magic was, is pretty innovative. It was just, uh, they had a rig, they put the camera in the rig, and then all they had to do was walk with it and do everything, and it was automatically focusing, automatically uh, stabilizing, doing all of this stuff by itself. It might have actually been DJI, a DJI, DJI camera, because DJI, actually, and they, they, they present that here. And they were showing... Yeah, it was something like this. Yeah. And they were showing how it was doing all of this stuff by itself. And so that they didn't have to think yeah. about they didn't have to think about stuff. They just had to get the shot. This is basically a steady cam op all through uh engineering and electronics. Wild. It also it's not even like a camera stabilizer. The camera is has a built-in stabilizer. Mm-hmm. So like you have the camera, then you have a stabilizing arm, then you have the eye, the lens of the camera that runs down the stabilizing electronically into the camera. Yeah. So it's like the, the camera and the stabilizer good. all in one, which I, is crazy. I uh, held uh, someone I knew had the small version of this, you know, the one that it's only like this big. Yep, yep. The, it's like a GoPro. We have one of those thing. at work. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a GoPro. GoPro. I don't even know what it's camera. called. DGM attached to several years but back. But this is a cinema camera on a stabilization arm. So yeah, all you gotta do is just pop yeah, that bad boy And in. you can even you can even program into it. It's like, tell it exactly what to do. Right. It's like, I need it, I need you to go from floor to DJ's ceiling to good. face. Which we use, well, we don't never use I'll our say this. Ronin-ass. I'll say this, DJI and Blackmagic, they are innovative because they're creating wild technology that people can afford. However, they are full of bugs and problems that users have issues with yeah how many people say their their drone that gets some incredible footage one day just crashed because it lost connection you know yeah. what i mean mm-hmm. how many people uh, even black magic cameras the newest po- black magic pocket cinema cameras that everyone loved how many times did the camera just shut off with no warning because the battery's not dead or anything and they lost all of their footage from like yeah. a wedding or something and because and it's just a bug in the it's code. finicky because yeah. it's made cheap they're doing really cool things but it's still made cheaper whereas sony like upcharges like crazy because you can rely on their technology to always work correctly but they're not as innovative as someone like black magic or dji you know yeah. what i mean so it's like you gotta you can it you want it reliable or you want to do something new you know what i mean that yeah. no one else is doing and that's where you right now with the technology that's really what you have to balance that's I, all i have well go for it i have to pee all right, well, like let's take so a bad. Let's take a break and pee. I'm dying. They're developing this. Uh, I think we're gonna need to change batteries. In this the camera. software because of um, theft through the blockchain, where our tools at Lowe's, if someone takes a tool right now and they can get it out of the package, it's usable. Right now, they're making a, a software because of the blockchain, where 
they have to activate that tool at the register. So it does not work unless you activate it at the register. Okay. And so even if a thief takes a drill, it's not going to work for them. So they, there's no point stealing it because it doesn't work until you activate it. I was Interesting. Gonna bring that up, but that brings, that's how we were talking about. <laughs> okay. Really All right. Uh, thank you, Karina, for being yeah. a Patreon supporter. Look, the patrons are the bread and butter of what we do. They're the bread and butter now. Don't don't stick your head up and think about it. They are. And we thank the we, we love them and we thank them. And we they get shout outs on podcasts. And uh, if you want to be a Patreon supporter yourself, just go to the link in the description and choose the tier that best fits your content needs. Now, what are they getting, Joshua, if they go to Patreon? The podcast early videos early. They're getting exclusive content with, you know, Watch parties with when we do them. When we do them, <laughs> yeah. If you get if you, the, those the, are a little bit more infrequent, just because we spend a lot of time doing a lot of stuff. The podcast gets week early access to podcasts. Yeah, no, the Patreon gets week early access. To I mean, sometimes we dabble in new things where, like, I just did a podcast with Ethan, and right, I didn't wasn't the best, but I threw it up there <laughs> because you know they can. You see did it. something, yeah, and I did something. Yeah, and we also uh, experiment. We do a pre-show every single week. That's an exclusive twenty-minute podcast uh, that patrons get exclusively, which is pretty exciting stuff. So, Karina's over there on Patreon. Thank you for Karina for being a Patreon supporter. And um, and if you want one as well, just go get you one. Yeah. Now, uh, go get you one. one. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, what? So, the next topic is uh, we're going to be learning a little bit, but more importantly. You guys know that I'm not the biggest fan of Back I, to the Future. I hear him gearing up for insane. something. Like, what is it? Whatever he's gearing up for. I'm Wait, I, I, I think it's insane. Yeah, I think this is insane because Back to the Future is one of those. Dun, 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 dun. It's one of those dun, films dun, dun, that. Dun, dun, it, it, it just de- boring. It defined. No. <laughs> it defined a generation. It's yeah, so it fun. Is, this is a sci-fi film that is. Extremely sci-fi fantasy. It's it's based in no kind of like uh, real science fiction, and it is it, it's a broad appeal kind of movie, but is super fun. What are you doing? I am now a studio executive, okay, Ooh. and I am going to be giving you reasons as to why this film should never have been made. Ooh, oh my okay. goodness. I hate this segment already. All right, good. So, first off, this movie uh, could be considered a failure from certain points of view. All now, right. it made money, of course, but when it comes down to it, the art form, how on earth has money ever been a part of this art form when we're dealing with artists? The entire right? time. Well, but... I'm going to give you some uh, some, in some fact, examples. In fact, we just were watching a documentary be- documentary about Steven Spielberg where they wanted him to keep making uh, broad appeal family picture adventure films. Why? Because they made money. They didn't want him to stray outside and actually be an artist. Right. Which is wrong. (sighs) I hate this character at all. Okay, so first off, nobody wanted this film. Okay. All right? Okay. And here's the proof. So when uh, Spielberg wanted his production company Albaline Entertainment to make the film. Amblin. Amblin. (laughs) The the director and producers of this film basically uh, 
were like, no, I don't want I don't want to say this is a popular film because Steven Spielberg was a part of it. So they didn't they they wanted to be able to go through the market themselves of Hollywood and say, look, we this is a good story, and so we got it made. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, besides the fact that it ended up getting made. It took 44 times before they got picked up. 44 yeah. pitches. That means nobody in Hollywood wanted this film. And that doesn't, and that means 44 that people, 44 people, my peers, knew what they were, knew what a good film was and said, we These shouldn't make this These peers film. told Steven Spielberg that he is not allowed to make his passion projects, that yeah. he had, they, they wanted to define what his art was. This film in and of itself, was These not peers a, did not pick a lane. Also denied Indiana Jones because they said Stephen was known for going out off way over budget, way over time, way over all these other things. They wouldn't do Indiana Jones. These Look, peers are also allowing the current modern Disney and Marvel and Star Wars uh, productions to be made. Yeah. That is your opinion, first off. Well, it's actually fact. Also... This film did not pick a lane. In some ways, it was too sweet. It was too, like, family. It was too fun for, like, a action adventure, all right? There was too much. It, it was about love and parents and stories, but it's a back-in-time future. It's a it's it's a time mm-hmm. travel. Uh, also, some say it, it, was, it wasn't too, it wasn't a sweet enough because Disney called it too incestuous. Some say it would be all so about they wouldn't family. want it. So not only did forty four people, not only did forty four people, it in the family. forty four studios not want it before it got okay. picked up. Okay. It didn't. It was too sweet mm-hmm. for an action adventure time yeah. travel film, and it was too incestuous, incestuous for Disney to pick it up. So right. they couldn't do it. So I'm just saying, in it basically based on this evidence, nobody wanted it. So Is why wasn't it? Made? And it still, of course not. And, I have more points. And it still succeeded. Audiences still love it. Yeah. Keep going. Keep get- Monkeys are better than dogs. Everybody knows well, this. Look at Barbosa. Yeah, but the a dog loved, was like a loved antagonist. Was like half a percent of the movie. It would the dog had nothing to do with the movie. In first drafts, Doc Brown had a pet chimp called Shep. Shemp. 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 Shep. Shemp. 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 This was changed to a dog pet. To a pet dog called, do you remember how to say this name? Where is the name? SD? Einstein? Einstein. It's Einstein. That's his name, Einstein. Opposed to what we talked about earlier was Eisenstein. This is just Einstein. Yeah. Look, by this doesn't make sense. Monkeys are better than dogs. It should have been a monkey. It would have been a better success if it was a monkey, in my opinion. They're also harder to work with. Let's be honest. They fling poop. They bite. They could yeah. rip your face off. Where MVP. It? Well-trained. Dunstan checks Look. in. Barbosa's capuchin. I'm and just saying, well monkeys tra- are better than well dogs, trained, and they went with a dog. Well-trained dog versus well-trained monkey. A uh, monkey is still okay. harder to control. Let Doc Brown no, should have no, had no. a pet Look, monkey. This. And the fact How that many, they didn't makes it a less good of a film. How many monkeys monkey are movies out dogs. there? Is there out there compared to how many Air Buds are out there? There's so many more Air Bud. Monkeys are better than dogs on screen. There's they so many show more personality. And let me let me hold on. Let me uh, just they're go mischievous. Back. They're yeah, good, but they're good for the audience. The to laugh monkey would have been in there for all of like a percent. Let me just point this out before we move on. Um, audiences still loved this movie and it was successful. Yeah. So we can move on from this one. I have a feeling that's going to be your whole point. Yikes. 
They put actors at risk. Okay, that's every every old eighties movie has done this. So let's just see what it took for the director of photography to make this iconic let's go back in time shot look so good. Mm -hmm. All right. (laughs) So two tire tracks were laid out in gasoline to get them lit up, right? Yeah. That's first off, you're lighting gasoline on fire. Very hazardous situation. So they had to paint gasoline on the ground and then light it up. Paint tire tracks, essentially. Right. (laughs) Big risk. Epic shot. They had a stuntman actually drive the DeLorean. It's one of the most iconic shots in the movie. Yeah, but I could take it. I could leave it. I take it and leave it. I, I could have left it. It's one of the it most iconic shots in the movie. Is that the car so leaves these final. fiery trails? So they they, they he had to use a stuntman for this because it was so dangerous. Mm-hmm. But he the stuntman is also an actor. Things. Look, Wait. they had to drive the DeLorean at very high speeds. Now that granted, they didn't have him drive over the fire, but they superimposed it later. But high speeds in a car, <laughs> we all know that Fast mm-hmm. and Furious fakes it. They don't go very high speed fast. Well, they do sometimes. With, with an old jaggedy car like the DeLorean, that was just picked up on the street. And then they put a whole bunch Listen, of Listen, also, gizmos the, and gadgets for the, on for it. For the stuntmen, stuntmen wear fire retardant suits. They put uh, this fire retardant cream all over their bodies. And this man wasn't even lit by fire. He was simply <clears throat> standing over the tracks, which the actors were superimposed. The, the tracks were superimposed <clears throat> later. So the actors, when like Marty is looking down and. They're turning and looking at the car, that iconic shot. Um, the fire's not even there. Now, yeah. I'll say this. One one move they did do in consideration for these artists, these actors, was they chose not to actually light the thing up with electricity, and all of the lightning bolts and smoke was added. Fake, yeah. Was added, was added later, after the fact, which I think lends a certain mystique and fantasy to it. Yeah. Look, and think, look Director at this quote from uh, Dean, Dean Cundy. <laughs> All right, <laughs> is that it? Yeah, that? I think so. <laughs> Dean Cundy, look, look at look at his quote here. Go ahead and read that, Wyatt. Just to prove. A, he says, "Nowadays it would all be digital. No way would you have fire and speeding cars around the stars. My success is based entirely on how many movies I tried to kill. Movie stars I tried to kill. Listen, listen. By the own director of no. photography's quote, he is attempting dangerous stunts with actors who." Is a serious liability for these to, studios. To create a movie that everybody enjoyed and was successful. <laughs> Jackie yeah. Chan. Jackie Chan. How yeah. many times did Jackie Chan hurt his body, hurt himself, put his life on the line to create stunts and shots and martial arts scenes for all of us to enjoy? Irrelevant if you kill an actor in the process. It's, it's not. It's about passion. The actors agreed to this. Can we trust their casting? Yeah. No, Can we trust it? Not with this guy. Well, let's look into this man, shall we? So Glover was his last name. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his first name? George. Jo- no, that's a character <laughs> name. I'm an executive. I don't. I don't. I don't remember Concern names. myself yeah. with these details. Apparently, Glover made a mess the entire time while on set. He wouldn't stop arguing with the director. He wouldn't like. He was super upset heard about this. About the, how the film ended, he was too much of a problem, 
right? And if you're going to cast someone like that in a major role to play Marty McFly's father at a young age, then why on earth could we trust their casting across and the board? He isn't in the next two movies. Uh, they they used some clever shots. Yeah, because an executive had to get involved and say, you're not allowed in the they, next few films. They used some clever shots in the next two movies to um, kind of make it look like he's there when he's actually not. Um, and yet, through all the problems, the film still got made and was successful and audiences loved it. Yep. Apparently, this this role ended Glover's career in Hollywood. Well, it didn't probably completely Crispin Glover. But no other major motion pictures would have him on set because uh, he was such a problem. Now, well, if, if you're if you're an know, ass, then nobody wants to work with you. Yeah, that's your fault. So what I'm saying is, can we trust their casting? If can, we if we can't, can we not? We can say can that, we not pretend like this isn't a problem with a lot of movies mm. of where there's somebody who's being a drama queen. Well, we're not talking and about yet other the movie movies. still gets made. We're talking about Back to the Future, and the movie still got made. What the, Crispin the, was the, his name? The, Crispin Glover. Yeah, let's let's not pretend like this isn't an issue with a lot of movies. What's a lot your of point to all movies. this? The point to all this. You got a couple more points. Two more things. Two more things. <laughs> He's got two more things. But I'm not going to do this as an executive. He's getting hot. It is getting hot, and also I want to be me for these next bits. I honestly, I don't, I don't. I, this is it. That was a bit. Two more things, and then the point. No, this is just two more things I want to present because oh, I've, oh, I've been, oh. I've been giving you fun facts. Through a certain lens about this film the whole time. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I want to kind of change. I just want to present two Ooh, more fun facts. That's actually really nice. Those are blue light glasses. Yeah. yeah. So they, like they shield your light from blue light or the computer. Um, <laughs> shield your light. Shield your eyes. So uh, this is actually kind of fun that I thought I found. So apparently one of the executives, uh, <laughs> Steven Spielberg gave an executive a smackdown Woo. when he tried to change the name to, uh, what was it called? Something about man, a uh, spaceman from Pluto. He tried to change the name of the script, the store, the film yeah. into. Have you ever, have you guys heard about this? No. No. Okay, so this was the this is like the notes that this executive gave. That's like apparently public online, and um, basically <laughs> try, read like the first few sections of this because he, he butters them up here. So and yeah. Then, so go ahead and read it. I believe that the present draft is terrific, and I marvel at the improvements that have been made from the Columbia version. <laughs> I continue to believe the title leaves much to be desired. <laughs> there are a number of reasons why I found the title less than wonderful, but my primary concern is that it appears to make the picture a genre picture. I think the script and hopefully the film deserves a better <laughs> title. So this is so this is be early. aware. This is producers in general. Right. Yeah. They're assholes. Executive producers yeah. don't lump producers into it. Executives well, at companies, executive producers. Producers are, are just there to try to make get the film made. Sometimes. Sometimes. So see, now Steven that Spielberg was a producer. He says he actually says, Now that I have buttered you up by saying <laughs> all of these nice things, which those weren't nice things. <laughs> I would suggest we consider the title Spaceman from Pluto. Underpinning these suggestions are the following thoughts. Number one, modify dialogue on page 35 from that Sherman calls Marty a spaceman from Pluto. <laughs> modify Marty's dialogue on page 77 so that he identifies himself as a spaceman Wait, from the planet Pluto. they were trying to change Pluto. the movie from Back to the Future to Spaceman? Right. Instead of Darth Vader from Vulcan, which is a much better line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, change because because his dad's a nerd, right? Uh, change the title of the book written by George and referred to on page, page 130. 130 
from a mar- from a match made in, in space, space to, to space from space man, man from Pluto. So he was really pushing. He was this. pushing. Yeah. I don't know. He says obviously you get the idea. Okay, so the point is like he really wanted it to be called this for some obscure reason. So no, he no, was no. Pushing. He says, "I'm sure that you that there will be those who will argue that the movie will appear to the audience to be a cheap, old-fashioned sci-fi flick." <laughs> Nonsense! <laughs> I think it's a kind of title that was heat. I, that I, has I, heat. I think it's a kind of title that has heat, original originality, and projects fun. <laughs> Most importantly, I think it avoids the feeling of a genre time travel movie. Okay, so executive producers have no creativity. He says, I think it should be this way. Well, just out of left field, Spaceman from Pluto. Yeah. That has to have been something in the back of his mind. Like, I really want to make a movie called this. And because I, I had this idea while I was bathing myself one evening. <laughs> I applaud Spielberg, Spielberg for saying no because... No, he didn't just say no. What did he say? Check out what he said. We took the memo to Steven Spielberg uh, who told us, don't worry, I know how to handle this. Before writing a letter back which said... Hi, Sid. Thanks for your most humorous memo. We all got a big laugh out of it. Keep them coming. <laughs> See, Spielberg if, just flexes a little bit. Like, more, this is a good joke, man. If good more people did this nowadays, <laughs> we wouldn't have the issues with movies that we have. Probably. I mean, whose idea was it to call it the, uh, the most recent Marvel movie? Ant-Man mm-hmm. and the Wasp Quantumania. Dumb. Just call it Ant-Man and the Wasp 2 or Ant-Man Quantumania. Ant-Man, Quantum. No, we had to or, include all of these things. It's yeah. dumb. Yeah. Call it Ant-Man 3. <laughs> Ant-Man, 3. <laughs> Ant-Man 3. That's what the early 2000s would have done. And that's we've we've yeah. heard about this a lot with a lot of the Star Wars, Disney, Pixar stuff is like notes from producers like this are all being taken seriously. Right. Uh last little fun fact I wanted to bring up was Apparently, the director clarified how Doc and Marty got to know each other, mm-hmm. and that's not in the film, and people have been asking. So for people who are curious as to why they know each other in the beginning of the movie, uh, the director gave us a clarifying point. So uh, apparently, the director says Marty he snuck onto Doc's lab and was fascinated by all the cool stuff that was there. When Doc found him in there, he was delighted to find that Marty thought he was cool and accepted him for what he was. Both of them were black sheep in their respective environments. Doc gave Marty a part-time job to help with experiments, tend uh, tend to tend to the lab and tend to the dog, etc. Could have been like a monkey. It. Could have been a monkey. I like so, this. I, Marty, the backstory, the the on off screen lore is Marty snuck onto the lab and met Doc. I like Doc having this here, right. not in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because I, a, I a modern movie would be show, like, not let's explain every their whole relationship. Let's explain it. You know, let's let's tell you everything that happens. Right. They're just like they're friends. Yeah. They know each other. As an executive, I was going to bring this up and be like, they should have showed this on screen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I hate it. Yeah. I hate I'm, I'm glad they didn't do this. I'm not saying it's a bad film. In fact, I think it's actually a really good film. Uh, what I do think is like, I don't know. I watched it and it's it's fun. It when does was make the you last smile. time you watched it? <laughs> it does make you smile. I think there's just something about it when- that... It just doesn't it, it doesn't click with me like enjoyment wise as much as you guys, so I don't tend to seek it out to watch. Uh but I, I respect it hardcore. Probably the last time you watched it was when I forced you to watch all three movies. I think honestly, I have more memories of disliking two and three 
then I do the first one. And, and you I know think what? Two and three. No, I thought there's a lot to love about two and three. Honestly, I, in my opinion, I remember <laughs> when we watched it. You were like, three has some thrilling kind of moments to it that are exciting, but it's still I don't like the movie. I remember you said that you kind of like three a little bit. Honestly, I don't know what it is about the movie. I I love a lot of movies. There's just something. And the, maybe if it if the first one was by itself, maybe I would like it more. I remember. I think the second one was too off the wall for the future future concepts. Maybe. Maybe. We we watched the That's first one, and I wanted enough. to watch one, two, you know, two and three. And Joseph was like, "No, no, no!" And I remember for the longest time when we we could rent, you know, we were renting shows to go at that point, and <laughs> I wanted to rent all three, and I was like, "Let's get them." And Joseph's like, "No, nah, we're not wasting our money to get those movies. We're not. You waste- had to pick a good movie. We're spending money, man." And it was so long before I was like, no, I guarantee I've made some kind of bet with him. I was like, okay, <laughs> if we do this, then we'll get these movies. And we watched him. Joseph was like, I don't. And I'm like, I, yeah. We I would them. understand. I understand the trepidation because a lot of what happens in two and three especially a little is odd. – well, it's a, a repeat of jokes that they did before. Right? Yeah. Right? They'll repeat it because – the idea, <laughs> the idea that something happens over and over again history, throughout yeah. time, it's funny. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, oh, it, it happened then, so it could happen now. Yeah, nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. And this is what I think it is. I think probably when I watched it, I I wasn't open to the fact of, oddly enough, some of the executives of these companies probably profiled me correctly. I wasn't thinking like I want a funny, lighthearted time travel. No, I was like, I want a badass, like dark, thrilling action time traveler mm-hmm. movie. And I think that's probably what sat with me at a younger age. Yeah. And if, if I accept it for what it is now, it's just a humorous family, family, yeah. family fun. Not really comedy, but kind of silly. Movie yeah, it is about it's a, time travel. It's a I would accept family it for what adventure. it is. Yeah, I would accept it for what it is. I just, I think at the time. Uh, just didn't like it at first and i've leaned into it <laughs> as i got mm-hmm. older um so yeah that's it that's that's all the fun that's facts awesome. i have about it i like it. uh we have one more bit to go through um how's our camera doing Do we I, need to... I think we're all right all right uh but first i want to just plug the patreon one more time why not mm-hmm. check okay. out the patreon you can see this early yeah. if if, if you want if you watch on the patreon why not okay the patreon uh, just you said one you. more one more and then our 30 second one more in 30 seconds. I want to explore the story of what Guillermo del Toro's next film is going to be. Mm-hmm. Now, he did, he fought, saw a lot of love and respect and uh, got his flowers for the Pinocchio stop motion um, <clears throat> film that came out on Netflix not too long ago. So, his next stop motion film, which, by the way, is beautiful. I mean, what it's is, kind of a simple uh, story. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro? What's his nationality? Yeah. I don't know. Where Spanish, probably. There's. Something, you know, <laughs> I don't know. And Martin, the, the the big, you know, and even Peter Jackson. Yeah, these these big they, bearded guys. Big bearded fantasy guy. Big bearded fantasy guys. Yeah. They Mexico. Just, oh, okay. What are you You know, they probably Guadalajara? they've got bad hearts. <laughs> and they come on now. Probably have bad knees too, but <laughs> bad knees and bad going. You know, they're they still can, being creative. They can, yeah, they they can tell a good story. I like story. to make the public movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like to make the public movies. Ooh, I don't know why there's I something said something more. It's in the jowls. Something about saying a big bearded man made me want a meatball sub. I don't know why. That's I can make a, you a mean meatball sub. I know oh, how to make good. grandma's meatballs now. 
We should I'm do really that after this podcast. I'm really good at them. Um, we, we did Mellow Mushroom last week. Okay, so uh, so the next stop motion film that he wants to create, and he's announced they're working on the screenplay right now, is called The Buried Giant. And I have the Wikipedia for it. It's I didn't know it was a book. Uh, it's a book, Did and you? it's written. Do you know how to pronounce that name? Casio. Which one? Casio. Casio. I would Ishiguro. guess Shiro. Kazuo Ishiguro. Ishiguro. That's yeah. That's yeah. how um, so I would say it. This Ishiguro. is a book. This is a story. And let me just read the brief synopsis about this because you know Guillermo, every, his Guillermo, episodes, he's he's got to read a lot. He's I'm trying to. Lot. I'm Could trying you, to react to genuine information. Oh, right. Okay. Could you please zoom in more? We can't read it. Twice. <laughs> I swear. One day you guys are gonna stop commenting on my zooming. The thing is, if I zoom, people can on YouTube now. For people who don't know, on YouTube you can zoom into the video with your fingers. What are you, Tim Allen? On your. Have I made this joke before? <laughs> yes, you huh? did. Like last week. Oh, zoom. <laughs> yeah, you got zoom. zoom. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I made this Look, exact What joke. is this pace? You can zoom in on the video. So if I zoom in, people can zoom in on the screen. Do it right now. Ready? Zoom. You can see the screen and they can read it for themselves. So we don't have to get to all the details when I zoom in and show it. Smell okay. blueberry. Why? What's blueberry? You smell? You drinking something in blueberry? Maybe. Oh. Back off. So what the, does this say? So the buried giant is a fantasy novel by Nobel Prize winner, British writer. But we we went through what kind type of fantasy? Cause fantasy can mean a lot. Okay, this is I don't I don't know exactly. Okay, so the novel follows elderly Britain couple Brighton, uh, Brighton, because they're from Brighton, Brighton, um, Axel and Beatrice, living in a fictional post. Arthurian. What do you know? What that means? Arthur. Arthur. Oh, like Arthur. Yeah. King Those Arthur. Arthurian. Okay, Arthur. England. Oh. So this is a timepiece. Yeah. Timepiece. Oh. Okay. Uh, England, which no one is able to retain long-term memories. Interesting. After dimly recalling they might years earlier have had a son, the couple decide to travel to a neighboring village to seek him out. The book. Okay, so basically this is a story about two uh, Axel and Beatrice and they are looking for their son they think they've had. <laughs> I'm, I, no, you're right. I think it is Britain because it that, says Britain's here. So wait, you just corrected me for no yeah, reason? No, I, it looked like Brighton. I guess. Yeah, that, that's a little lie, bro. That's, that's not, not, I'm, a, not I'm, a long I'm correcting, eye. I'm correcting myself. Okay, thank you. Yeah. It that is sounds Britain. wacky, but I have not seen the movie. So Pinocchio's wacky. A wooden boy that grows nose. This sounds fun. Uh, no, it's it sounds sounds fun for stop, a live action stop, stop motion. motion again. Yeah, so it's it's technically live. It's not live action. It's claymation. real photos. It's not even claymation. It's not, but that's it's, what it is. It's, it's stop motion with toys, basically, little okay. figurines. Okay, but I mean, it says you know, following the death of King Arthur, Saxons and Britons live in harmony. Mm-hmm. That is fantasy. It is, and yeah. and you know, King Arthur like the sword and the stone. They have dragons. You remember Camelot? Quest for Camelot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Similar world. <laughs> you remember that good old film, You're Quest like, for Camelot? Quest for Camelot? This is really <laughs> interesting. Is they suffer from a severe selective amnesia that they call the mist. Oh, we're getting a little this dark. This is interest. really interesting. I, I hope this is kind of dark. And it, this is a story that a lot of people don't course, know. It's, it's called dark. The Buried Giant. Um, do we have any, uh, do we have the IMDb for this at all? We do, but there's no information there. Any I, pictures? No. There's I'm no going to kind of go back okay. to Kubo and the Two Strings. 
it was dark. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of. Who a, did Kubo? I don't know. I actually don't. Oh, I have no idea. So I'm looking up. I story should know because I really like the movie. So maybe some fans of the book did some art online for this story. So maybe here's some examples. Yeah, something Beatrice like and Axel looking for so their son. So it's a quest. Yeah, yeah, let's see if there's if there's any wacky characters that they describe. Is this the bear? Okay, Avalon and the Avalon and the buried giant. So there might be a dragon involved. There might cool. be dragons in the story. I hope so. if it's post. Hold on, here we Arthur, go. Here we go. King Arthur. The buried uh, Kuzo. Yeah, this is this is a screenshot. There's gonna be giants. Orcs. Orcs. Well, it says the buried giant. Yeah, the buried giant. So I would hope there's strange. Um, this. Whatever Sick. Guillermo's doing, it almost feels like what was the movie you watched with commentary that was just like the puppets and it was wacky, but there was no story, but it was just oh, like oh, a story. Oh, no uh, story was the story. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. It feels like who made that? Henson. Jim Hans- Henson. Jim Henson. It feels <laughs> Hansen. like <laughs> Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> you call it Chris Hansen. I like Chris Hansen. I mean, there that it, it, no, it feels like what he was doing with his stuff, and it was what Guillermo's doing is like hand in hand. It's just different. It's just his has a story, right? Labyrinth did Labyrinth story was so basic, and it was it was well, you didn't watch it. <laughs> oh, it was dang. focused mainly on the puppets. It was focused so like solely on displaying these puppets, and yeah. the puppets were amazing. And the the story was so. I forgot I was wearing. I mean, I'm the only one who hasn't put it on yet. Um, but I mean, really, it was it was David Bowie luring a teenage girl to his castle. So Chris Hansen should have shown up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, based on this, are you more or less excited compared to Pinocchio? Uh, I'm. Seeing what he did with Pinocchio and knowing nothing about this story, I'm yeah. more excited because he's gonna, it might present a really cool, fun story that you know nothing Cause about. Because I would say I was I would I enjoyed Kubo and the Two Strings because I didn't know what the story was. I know what Pinocchio is, right? And even though he changed a lot, I know what Pinocchio is. I didn't watch Pinocchio. I see you lost. I, I, you I, failed. It's not too late. I can watch it. Yeah, it's on Netflix, dog. I, it's not too late. I, I, I'll do it. This you week. should. Do it this week. It's a good, Again. it's beautiful. And it's also a well-told story. I'm going to go after this. I'm going to eat my meatball sub and watch the this movie. Well, it's interesting actually, take on things. No, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got another project i got to work on. Huh. But well, you I, know, I don't need to watch. I also have a commentary for GoldenEye that I'd like to watch. Mm. Nice. Golden what does that mean? Uh, a uh, Djibouti but, commentary for the Golden movie Eye? GoldenEye. I don't know what that is, it's a James but Bond we film. also have two movies in this. We are two TVs in this apartment. We literally could. Both yeah, you guys can come in here and things. watch something. On no, here. we got three three TVs. I got a TV in my room. Yeah, you. So one of you could come in here and watch your show in the studio if you want. We have a TV in here. Just I plug got, your I got a bigger in. TV in my room. I, I wouldn't want to violate this space Why? by watching TV. It's and a perfectly snacks. good TV. I got a bigger TV in my room. All right, listen here. Uh, let's go ahead and do thirty second stories so we can wrap this up. My yeah. week. How do you guys notice every time I every time I produce our episodes go a little longer? Yeah, yeah. Because you talk a lot. No, I we I had a lot of breaks. We really here. talk. We there was a couple talk like so much. we had to stop. Incorrect. We, we talked. Well, that first segment you talked quite a bit. No, so did you. Uh, well, you know, 
And so did you. I got I to gotta balance I didn't it even, out. I didn't even bring up the topic I wanted to talk about, about my tool theory but and I technology. Included it. I included Keep your tool it. out of this. Because when we came Let's back from the break, on. I included it, is what I did in the, in the edit. I included me, it. Me talking about it? Yeah. In the edit? In the edit. I left you it You already in. know? I crossfaded. Yes. Interesting. No, because I was talking about it out there. I no, you were talking it, about no, it in here. You were talking about it in here. And I included it in the edit. People already heard it. You don't have good remembering. I, I distinctly remember starting to talk about it over here, and then I walked and sat down. No. You walked in, you sat down. You started what, telling us. What, the one thing I was trying to what's say. Let's end this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do our 30-second 30 30 second story. story. It's, it's my Josh's. story. Woo. Give me two prompts. All right, here we go. Oh, Wait. It was. His, I did it last week. Was it, are you sure? <laughs> I did it last. It week. It was. Yeah, you did do it last week. We're going. We decided we're going counterclockwise. I've done it one time, and we've done this thirty second for about six episodes now. Yeah, counterclockwise. All right. It's your turn. I did it last. Okay, week. Okay, just give me my problems. Stripping knife paint. <laughs> That's your two things. That counts as two things. That's a I'll huge thing. That's a huge it. thing. Stripping, Stripping and knife paint. What is your two things? What's your What's your things, Wyatt? Baja Blast. <laughs> That's one thing. Baja Blast is a one is one thing. Okay, the other one's Taco Bell. Okay, <laughs> Taco Bell Baja Blast. Okay, let me pull out their phone. Hold on. You think about it. Stripping and knife. Stripping knife paint. Because knife paint's one thing and stripping is another. Taco Bell Baja Blast. <laughs> Are you ready for 10 seconds to think? No, I don't. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, 10 seconds. No, 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 no. I'm losing it. And go. So there was a little boy. His name was Johnny. And (laughs) he, he... was painting a room one day, and he he said, "I don't like." It. Okay, I just I just keep going, keep going, keep going, Johnny knife. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm losing it. Stop! You can't you can't <laughs> um, just not no. lose. Okay, no. Let me start over. There was a boy named Johnny, and he had this knife. He said, "I don't like this knife because there's a lot of rust on it and other things." So I'm gonna take some paint stripper. I'm gonna put the on there. But while he was doing this, he got very hungry and he started thinking about Taco Bell and Baja Blast. So he's like, let's go get some Taco Bell and Baja Blast. And this this story is crazy. There and it is. No, you got it. Over 30 you stuff. got it. So Johnny decided to create to, my own story. Then Johnny what's decided, actually going to happen? Because I okay, know this is going to be. You know, you know, what's actually interesting. That very well might happen today. That's why going it's gonna, to, I why was it, trying to create my it, own version that wasn't okay, reality. Change, change your story's name from Johnny to Wyatt, and that might be reality. <laughs> that, yes. I, I didn't Wyatt is going to strip some knife reality. paint. Wyatt's going to strip some knife paint, and later on in the day, he might have a craving for Baja Blast and Taco no, Bell. I, I don't have a craving for Taco Bell. Okay. Um, Update. Uh, you got stripping knife paint before 30 seconds you was done did, but you didn't get baja blast or you, taco bell until but you did after. formulate a story but I, he strips no. a knife he gets baja blast that had both of <laughs> the taco prompts bell. in it well, and taco bell. what why i was losing it there because i was trying to create a story that was not what actually is going to happen because <laughs> i just said what's going to happen later after this podcast you should have said like he I wanted to create my own while story. While he was stripping the knife paint, he realized, like, he had a thought, I should try the Baja Blast to strip this knife paint. No, and it, it worked. It was. And then he went and got Taco Bell and rubbed some Taco Bell on it, and it also stripped the knife listen, paint. Listen, it, yeah, it, it, but I couldn't <laughs> think listen, of that. Listen, you, you, you stumbled, you, you gave up. 
But I, then I started over. You, you started over. You pushed through, and you created something. But I something, created reality. Okay, okay and it, here's the thing. No reality. But it's linear, linear. And the thing is, the world is better because we have that now. No, <laughs> is it? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> it is. Well, you might get an idea for Baja Blast and Taco Bell later while you're stripping a knife and being no, like, because huh. it. Every time he already got me. Every time we eat Taco thugs. Bell, oh dang. Wyatt always complains about his stomach hurting. No, nah, not well, only that one time. My I, stomach hurts I when I eat Taco, Taco Bell. I eat Taco Bell during the week, and I feel good. My stomach hurts listen, when I eat Taco listen, Bell. Okay, listen. I will make us I will make us meatball subs this afternoon, but you have to provide the beef meat, the subs, and this red sauce. I Everything. have. But I will do all the labor. It's a multi-hour No, let's go get subs so we don't have to create our own sub, and then no, we go No, but you get grandma's meatballs, and I can show you how good they are. We, yes, they're going to be good, but we also have to – we have something else on the priority. We No, I still have to edit a video. So I can I can make meatballs and edit a video huh. in, in increments, but going and getting a tattoo is not – it's like a whole excursion thing. I yeah, will get a tattoo with later. you, but let's wait until I'm on parental leave. When yeah, I have more time. time. Well, but I'm you, exa- are you going to want to do that? Yes, I have six pen? weeks of parental leave. I'll have time. Tattoos are temporary. Meatballs are forever. <laughs> All right? <laughs> no, for real. Go get the I ingredients. I really want these I'll meatballs. I'll make you some homemade meatball subs. Get the bread. It's the sub bread. Get the beef and get the get the red sauce. Kind of, I have the I have the ingredients for everything we're else. We're done. Like, we've stopped recording, right? No, we're well, still going. We're fading right, out. Listen, now. listen. 